I would like to say like there was this, you know, big aha moment um, where I said, you know, this is my destiny. But it was more of incremental um, affirmation that this is what I should do. So I've always been a math nerd. I mean, a true math nerd. Like I thoroughly enjoyed um, writing proofs and doing calculations. And I would create derivatives in my mind just to calculate them. This is the Be Helpful Podcast where conversations with budding entrepreneurs prepare you for the wild journey of building a business or side hustle. I'm Boy Adebayo, and we kick off season three with Jay Stevens, the founder and CEO of My Wealth Journey, LLC. As a finance, audit, and accounting professional, Jay has excelled throughout her career in corporate America. But by following her family's lineage of being educators, she found her way to entrepreneurship by teaching folks personal finance skills. In our fun conversation, we talk about the research and the pre-work that goes into starting a business, the pivot when you realize you're getting customers, but you aren't actually achieving your mission, and how walking through a water aisle in a grocery store can shift your mindset. I promise you'll get a ton of value from this conversation like I did. Enjoy. All right. Today, I sit down with Jay Stevens, the founder and CEO of My Wealth Journey. How's it going? Good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on what time people are <laughs> tuning in, listening in. Um, it's going pretty well. I'm happy to be here today. Good, good. Thank you. Now, my old journey, like your mission is to make personal finance exciting and fun. Um, this yeah. is a very important topic. I um, created a financial literacy organization in college, uh, which now is defunct, but it is a very important topic to me. I think that, you know, if we learn to read and write, we should learn how to manage money. So I love what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, let's just start with where did you find this passion? Like why why personal finance and why are you trying to make it exciting? Yeah, uh, a good place to start. So I would like to say like there was this, you know, big aha moment. Um, where I said, you know, this is my destiny, but it was more of incremental um, affirmation that this is what I should do. So I've always been a math nerd. I mean, a true math nerd. Like I thoroughly enjoyed um, writing proofs and doing calculations and I would create derivatives in my mind just to calculate them. Um, and uh, when, when when I was like drive, my mom or dad would be driving and I'm in the back seat, right? Um, and like we pass houses, like if we're in a neighborhood and I would see street numbers, like, like someone's house might be 541 and I would instantly turn that into a math problem. Like, well, five minus four is one, but that's too basic. So like four to the fifth power, if you might, like, I just love math. Um, so knowing that it was, um, something that naturally came to me. I wanted to go into business. And then when I got in college, I took my first finance class my junior year. Uh, shout out to Dr. Smythe. Um, and I liked that course so much. And it was just, a, that was a bit of a light bulb moment in that it was the first time that I realized there's entire world of math and business that come together. I don't know why. Exposure is everything. I don't know why I had not seen that before in my life. Um, but from then on, I was hooked. And the more I studied it, the more I got involved in it. Like I, again, still sticking to this math thing. I liked writing economic equations. I once wrote an entire equation on um, to explain the Asian economy um, in the early nineties. <laughs> Just because. So um, I wanted to keep doing that. And then I realized how many people don't 
no personal finance um, and don't want to know it, don't like it. And I think my passion can help people understand it and do um, the things they need to do. Like, I'm not expecting people to be the same way that I am and, and love math and finance the way I do, but I do want people to feel like they can handle the basics um, for themselves and they shouldn't be intimidated. I equate it to like having a personal trainer. Like I've had personal trainers who live, breathe and eat health and fitness. And they're the kind who like drink green smoothies and all this stuff. No, I still eat turkey bacon and I'm not going to work out every day, but like their inspiration, their excitement um, passes on to me and gets me to want to do more. So that's my version of it. So the two things that stand out are one, I can imagine you as a kid in the car, like the, the the meme or the gif of all of the equations just wrapping around your head. Like I can see that. Yes. And then two, I love the fact that your unhealthy meal or food was turkey bacon. Like I'm over here working out every day so I can eat wild berry Skittles. You're doing turkey bacon. That's that's healthy to me. <laughs> bacon okay don't get me wrong I like food a lot so there, there could be an entire separate episode on food and and um how I will not give that up no matter like I will not stop eating the things that I like um but yeah a turkey bacon to me right now and it's probably because in my mind I'm like I'm gonna have some turkey bacon later today uh but also cake and cake. and now that I'm in Texas I used to not eat nearly this much beef but it's just everywhere and it costs less than chicken fried chicken yeah. I I should have had more food before we got here. <laughs> like I should have ate beforehand. This was not the purpose of this conversation. All right. So I will I will I will move us back. <laughs> Thank you. So 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 you talk about your love of math. Um yeah. I'm curious, and I, I'm, I'm getting this I'm borrowing this question from a guest in the previous season. When you were a kid, what did you see yourself doing? What was your dream as a kid? Yeah, I wanted to be a teacher, but that's because everyone in my family was a teacher, like my dad, my mom, my aunt, my grandma. So I just thought that was the natural thing to be. Um, when we had the like career day at school, I remember I dressed up as a teacher, which really just meant I wore my church clothes to school <laughs> because I was like dressing up. Um, so that was it for me. I, I wanted to be a teacher. And then as I got, I want to say it was somewhere around middle school and high school, I realized I wanted to be in business and didn't think that the two kind of connected, even though they, they have natural connections there. Um, so that's when I decided I would study business in college. And even still now, um, one of the side hustles I am pursuing is to be a, a professor um, and teach personal finance courses on college campuses. A lot of times they don't teach personal finance in college. Some states require it in grade school and middle school, but it's not always taught um, in college. So I want to do that. No, that's pretty awesome. And that's, that's, again, that's, I love hearing the fact that they're trying to put it into the curriculum because I feel like it's it's just such a necessary skill. Um, Okay, so you're business-minded, you go to school, You've got a business degree. Presumably you go get a job, right? Um, where did this interest for entrepreneurship come in? Yeah, that also was kind of incremental affirmation. I should get that printed on a t-shirt somewhere. Um, but so when I was, when I first got out of school, I was an auditor for the Navy. 
And I did that for a few years. Then I went and got my MBA in finance, um, Howard University, HU, you know, (laughs) and I entered consulting, um, which is a great place to start your career. But it does not afford you the opportunity to have any kind of hustle, side life, um, nothing. It's just you work all the time. So I didn't have time to build out that entrepreneurial spirit, that, that journey that I wanted to go on. But I had friends who would reach out to me. Um, And one example that stands out in particular, I was busy as usual, but I um, would volunteer to do taxes for people. Um, It's a program called VITA, um, where you do taxes for low income individuals. And I would keep all these huge tax books and laws in the trunk of my car. So um, if someone ever had a question, I would just pull over on the side of the road and be like, let me go to section such and such of the IRS codification. I can figure this out. And one of my friends um, reached out to me because he had filed his taxes and IRS um, sent him a letter back saying that he owed more money and he had someone professionally prepare his taxes and that person wasn't helping him, which is not right because if someone prepares your taxes, they're obligated to at least help with their response if you ever get a letter from the IRS. Um, and so I, he reached out to me knowing that it's something I liked. And of course, I was like, yeah, let me go in my trunk. <laughs> Give a book. Um, so I went in my trunk, went online, found some things out, put together a letter, sent it back to him. Not only did the IRS um, agree with what I had re- written for him, they actually said they owed him more money um, and gave him a little extra. Uh, so that was when I realized this is something I could really do, but again, didn't have time to do it. So in 2020, when the world, you know, slowed down, um, due to COVID, I finally stopped doing so many things that distracted me. And that pause gave me a chance to refocus, um, find a new job in tech that supported my work-life balance and supported my, um, goals of doing something outside of work. And that is when I was able to launch my wealth journey in August, 2021. That's awesome. No, I, I, I love it as, as, a, as a recovering consultant. No, I'm joking. As a, as a, former, <laughs> as a former consultant, I, I, just, I completely understand. There's, it, it doesn't give you that space not yeah. only to do stuff, but honestly, to think about other stuff. Um, right? It, it, it is taxing for sure. I can uh, a side another side story. Feel free to keep or delete as needed. Um, there was one point during the middle of the pandemic when not only was it just a toxic environment, like the team members I had were great, but the leadership was poor. The client was nice, but they were frustrated. Um, and I remember I got up, and it's pretty normal when you're in consulting to fall asleep and wake up with your phone in your hand, your work phone, not because you're like mindlessly scrolling on Instagram or something, but because you are on, you're like trying to get an email out and then you fall asleep and you wake up and like, like wipe the drool off your face and keep messaging and doing things. Um, There were small signs along the way. I had chest pain occasionally, um, but one of the things that I remember is I sat down at my makeshift desk because this was before I had like a full office set up and I looked up and I realized it had been 12 hours and I had not eaten. And again, I like food way too much to miss that many opportunities to eat. I had not had anything to drink, which I was like, well, my skin's about to look crazy. I got to be dehydrated by now. And um, I hadn't even gotten up to like just use the bathroom or anything. And I thought this is this is a low 
yeah. <laughs> it's a low yeah. point we need to get away from. Um, so I closed my laptop, still have work to do, but closed my laptop and figured at least for now, this gives me the motivation to go somewhere else. Yeah, no, that's, that's unfortunate, but I'm glad that you had the kind of wherewithal to realize like this doesn't look good right and this and I need a change so that that's awesome right um so let's talk about <laughs> I just want to kind of think through this a little bit so you go from an extreme kind of like work situation right you find a new job um presumably you know like you said they they support your work-life balance a little bit more um how did you not just go to like i'm just going to do my nine to five i'm going to kick my feet up i'm going to relax on the beach i'm going to enjoy life like what made you say you know what with this newfound time i'm going to start a business right because it's kind of in many ways setting yourself up for pulling your hair out again Ooh, that's a good question i have not been asked that one before um <laughs> And I'm so glad you asked it. Okay, I'm going to go back to young Jay, young Jare, and give you another child's example. Um, and then I'm also going to tie it into how I was able to make that transition. So young me, um, I was involved in everything. I participated in all the sports and all the after-school activities because my main goal was to get a scholarship. And it made no sense that I was in elementary school thinking about scholarships. <laughs> but I was. Um, so I was used to that busy schedule. I played golf, tennis. I ran track and field. I played basketball, but really I was just a bench warmer. We're not going to lie about like what my role was. Um, I was school treasurer. I was on the uh, yearbook team, the journalism team. I was in everything right. um, because I just figured one of these is going to give me a scholarship. And, yeah. and from there I can go on. So I was used to having that busy schedule. And then even in adulthood that followed me. So despite the busy schedule with um, consulting, I still prioritized being very active in my AKA or Alpha those who aren't familiar, get with it. Um, so being very active in my grad chapter. So I was an officer. And I was a treasurer, more specifically, of our nonprofit arm. And then I was active in my church. Um, I teach Bible study lessons to teenage girls. And I was the friend who would show up to anybody's baby shower, housewarming, whatever else. Like, I was used to having a very jam-packed schedule, which is why I think 2020, as hard as it was, it was a lesson I needed to not learn in sitting yeah. still and not packing my schedule. Like, those first few Saturdays were Hard. A Saturday without at least four events, that was hard for me. I just sat there thinking, where do I, so do I, because I, I have outfits laid out, do I, so we don't, there's no gifts to give, no events to attend, I just don't know. So when I got used to not having that, not needing a cleaning woman to, or cleaning lady to um, take care of things in my house because I'm ripping and running so much, I don't have time to clean. When I got used to being able to have the calm and the balance, and I appreciate it a lot more now, it helped me to know what that balance would look like when I was ready to start um, my journey, my, my entrepreneurial journey. So 
I took a few months. Um, I mentioned that I started my business officially August 1st, 2021, but I started working at um, Meta. At the time, it was still Facebook, February 1st, 2021. So I took that, that gap from February to August to rest. And honestly, even before that, I left consulting in December 2020, and I took the entire month of January and did nothing. The world was still shut down because it was a pandemic, but but <laughs> it felt great to have an entire month. I read books. I took multiple naps that I was long overdue. Um, I fasted. I rested as much as I could and connected with people that I, I'm, I'm admittedly told them, I have not spoken to you in years outside of just the text, but you are important to me. So what you have you been doing for the past few months? And then that carried over in February when I started working. I just gradually brought in more and more. I actually have become a little too good at it now because now I'm like, I should post some stuff or I should do some more things. And I'm like, no, no, a nap, a good meal and a nap seems to be the preference. So I'm going to listen to my body and eat this food and take this nap and watch a random show on Netflix or Hulu. And then when I am well rested, I will get back up and do what I need to do. No, I I I I dig that because you know for for me I I can 100% relate when the I was you know in, in consulting as well and I was traveling Monday mm-hmm. to Friday, you know or Monday through Thursday, Friday Saturday Sunday was kind of time mm-hmm. you know at home spend with my wife maybe go out hang with friends once in a while or mm-hmm. you know travel somewhere with friends but that stillness. I think stripped away a lot of the stuff or the quote unquote sexy stuff that come with consulting. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm sitting at home working 12 to 14 hours every day. And then I have no outlet to do anything else. Yeah. This doesn't necessarily make sense. And so um, I love that you took the time, you know, albeit still within the pandemic to just say, you know what, I'm going to experience what, the other, let's say you sleep eight hours, you work eight hours, let's just say the other eight hours of the day is like, right? And let me just do that for a month. Let me do that with my new job. Like, I, I love that you took that time. And, and now it's, it's a, it's a treasure that you still hold on to when you start thinking about saying yes to other things. I think that that's pretty awesome. Yes, yes. Um, shout out to Shonda Rhimes, the year of yes. Uh, her book, I Had the Year of No. For <laughs> a year I said, no, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. And, and it's, I, in that, I didn't have to sacrifice as much as I thought I would. I still get to teach Bible study classes. Um, I still am an officer in my AKA chapter. I still hang out with my friends. Actually, I'm traveling way more than I ever thought I would. Two out of four weekends in the month, I'm somewhere different. Um, from my home and I love it like next weekend I'm supposed to I'm not supposed to I am I'm going to be in Puerto Rico and then my friend um, one of my friends messaged me and said hey you want to go to Grenada and I was like hmm I kind of do but then we decided to change it and we're going to Costa Rica I think instead I don't know it's just just the fact that this is what I can do Um, but that also could be an entirely separate discussion on like how I'm embracing who I am and what I like to do. And as they, what people love to call it is the single season, even though I feel like that puts emphasis on the wrong part of my life. But the fact that it's just like, I can do what I want and come and go as I please. Um, 
and recognize that work isn't everything, but nurture whatever relationships, whatever hobbies um, feed me. Yeah, I think you I think you define your own hot girl summer. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, look, listen, <laughs> look, listen. I say that also knowing that it's July 4th weekend right now, and I have every intention of doing nothing. Oh, like, like, like if the hot girl summer is going to be rest. I don't, I'm There's good. Nothing. I was traveling last weekend. I'm ready to rest this weekend. There, there are a few things that are better than staying inside when everybody else is outside. There's no, okay. there's very few things that are better than that. Because COVID is still outside and people are like, oh, let's go to the lake. Let's have a barbecue. You know what? Because y'all are a little too active and I'm good. I'm good, love. I'm good. I wish y'all well. I got a whole mini bar at my house. I'm good. I'm fine. Love it. Oh, wait. So, so, so take me back to August 2021. Um, kind of what was your first action? How did you figure out where to start? Yes. Uh, my first action was <laughs> I wish I could say this more directly. So my first action was getting a logo. <laughs> that seems so random that that was the thing that I figured I needed in that moment, <laughs> um, which is why I hesitated. I paused before I said it because I was I was like years from now, do I really want this to be the soundbite that circulates? And all she did was create a logo, like that's how she wanted to get started. Um, but allow me to add context to paint the picture. Yeah. So from February to actually in December 2020, um, even before that, I am I'm intentional um, on praying and meditating and trying to hear what God has for me. And I knew at some point during that that process like again my job was really stressful and I was like God you gotta get me out of here because I'm not trying to catch a case like I just know I'm gonna pop off on somebody if like I don't like these people right now. Um and so one of the things that was giving me peace one of the things that just like set on me and I knew I couldn't let go of was that I needed to um teach personal finance um to other people and the fact that you can leave a job you don't like when you don't need the money that badly. Uh, so that set with me. And I started in December um, writing that out, like writing what that looks like. So it was some people do vision boards, some do man manifestations, however you want to describe it. Um, I started just putting as much detail as I could to that. Like, these are the people I'm going to reach out to. This will be my target demographic. Um, these are the ways that I'll connect to them. This is what I will stand for. This is what I will not do. And that continued in January. Like I said, I was fasting. I was kind of just paying attention to what other people were doing. So from January to July, it was a lot of research um, because I figured at that point, if this is what my mission is, if this is what I'm supposed to do in life, then I don't want to have step. Um, but I also wanted to have some kind of cutoff period. Because what I found for entrepreneurs is that they can get into analysis paralysis. They can overthink and never take action. And yeah. so I wanted to do my research, but I wanted to have some kind of cutoff. And at the time, I was also going to be relocating to Texas. Um, I was in D.C. So I was just trying to be uh, have some synchronous uh, approach to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, this is when you can start the business. This is when you're moving. Um, this is like just trying to line things up. 
So although my first action in August was to get a logo, <laughs> there was a lot that went before that of like getting myself ready and knowing this is how I'm going to approach things. And then in August, um, so my sister and brother-in-law, they have a graphic design business and they say, you know, we want to support your business. So we'll create your logo. So that's how it became the thing. And I felt like once I had a logo and I had an IG handle, um, as small as that may seem, that was like, I am here in the world. Like, this is me. This is Jay. This is my wealth journey LLC. This is how I present myself. And that identity that it gave me fueled a lot of the follow-up actions, like, uh, actually, you know, applying for an application to have trademarks and creating my website and putting myself out there to actually gain customers, not just, you know, a logo and a handle. <laughs> well, I love I, I, I love it for two reasons. Um, one, because I think there is something powerful with giving something a name, giving something a logo, creating an IG handle, like it becomes, it leaves your head and becomes its own kind of being that you can yeah. just be like that's my business and so when you said it I was like oh no that makes sense you, you created a visual representation of this thing that's been in your head for a while but I also love the fact that you you put in seven eight months worth of thought into some of the most critical aspects of the business what was it going to be what were your services what you know what's your target demographic what's your what's your what's your, your customer base where are you going to start um, so I, I think I want to kind of jump there and say, how did you figure out what you wanted your customer base to be? How did you figure out where you were going to carve your own niche, um, into the space? Because, you know, when I think about personal finance and I think about the businesses that can exist in personal finance, you know, you've got accountants, um, you've got, um, most of our accounts you've got uh, uh investment managers you got you know different types of businesses that can touch your money but as i think about your background and sorry for being long-winded i think about the academic and the teaching aspect of it and how you're trying to help other people so maybe paint the picture of how you figured out what your business was going to be what was your service what was your product and kind of talk me through the thought process leading up to August. Sure. And don't feel like you're long-winded. If you haven't noticed, I'm pretty long-winded. Good luck to you on editing this. So like, <laughs> don't, don't feel bad about it won't that. Get, I won't get edited. This is where I used to oh, we just, just ramble. Slow. I love slow. it. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I follow the same format. <laughs> um, okay. So my process was a combination of seeing what was out there and seeing who gravitated towards me. So I'll, I'll break out both of those or break down both of those. Seeing who was out there, I looked to see what other people were doing in the finance space. And like you said, there's people who will manage your funds for you. There are people who will give you investment advice. There are people who will tell you how to flip homes, um, how to coupon hack there's all kinds of things that you can get into when it's like ways to make your money and I paid attention to what I liked and did not like about mm. some of them I also paid attention to what I felt comfortable doing like although I have real estate um, investment and I know what I'm doing in that field 
I didn't want to be a realtor um, and I didn't want to try to teach people how to flip homes. That's a lot. Um, and I also looked at what, going back to like what that vision was for me, what I really feel compelled to do, what I feel called to do is to simplify what seems to be a complicated topic for people um, and to make them excited about it. And so not everyone is going to own a home and that's perfectly fine. That does not mean you have not achieve the American dream um, if you don't own a home. But everyone should feel comfortable saying, well, in my dream world, I would create a space where people would feel comfortable saying, I know what it's going to take for me to comfortably retire. I'm not going to work until I hit the grave. Um, or my kids want to go to college and this is how I'm going to be able to help them afford it. Um, I need to have an important medical procedure done and I'm not going to go into debt because medical debt is crazy in this country. And so I wanted to teach, and I still do want to teach people how to understand those basic finance, personal finance concepts of like saving, paying off debt. What does it mean to invest? Because the same world, same way Dr. Smythe introduced me to this entire world of finance, um, when I started to talk to people, I realized how many people felt uncomfortable admitting, I know nothing about this. I only know what my cousin taught me. My mom said, whoever else, which was like stuff your money under your mattress or never get a credit card or never uh, co co-sign for a loan. And, and there's good that comes in that advice, but there's also like real practical textbook knowledge that needs to be transferred. And I wanted to bridge that gap. Um, so that was the part where I was looking at like who is doing this in this space and how is my voice unique? You might can't tell it right now, but I'm hilarious. Um, so, so like, it, it's never funny when someone else says they are actually funny. You're kind of like, mm, uh, are you? Because if you're really funny, you wouldn't have to tell me. You would just make me laugh. Uh, but one of my superlatives in school was most likely to be on Saturday Night Live. And um, that's because I was the class clown, but I got my work done. Okay. So, so um, degrees, I was like, oh, degrees prove it. Okay. You see the proof of student loan debt. You see it. Um, so, being myself, I figure I can make people laugh. I can show them ways to enjoy this topic. The flip side of that, so that's like figuring out what's out there. The flip side of that was finding out. Who was attracted to me and i realized that naturally black women uh hold me down and so and so that's what i leaned into i um and i found that it's women that are i think it's gen z now so it's like 20 something to 40 something sometimes 50 something um they find my content my approach relatable it might be because i we we speak the same language like yeah. and it's not forced uh, so that's how I was able to kind of more narrowly define my niche. Now, to be clear, I'm here for everybody because personal finance does not care about your demographic. Um, it's impacted by your demographic, unfortunately. Again, another topic for another day. Um, but just because you do not fit within that group doesn't mean that my information won't resonate with you and you can't learn from it. I've just found that that's who gravitates towards me who gives me the likes, who gives me the loves, who gives me contracts. So, <laughs> so I'm going to hold them down the same way. Yeah, I like it. So so from a, from a delivery, let's talk about like your services, right? So, you know, you're present on social media. Like you said, you have an Instagram handle, which we will plug um, for sure. Thank you. Um, but 
kind of what are your did you come up with packaged products or were you just saying hey i'm a content business so i'm going to kind of put this content out there yeah and i think that also can tie into the question of even though you didn't ask it i'm gonna ask it of myself (laughs) what's something you wish you had known when you started so excuse me so for me i wanted to teach one-on-one coaching and that's because it energized me until it didn't. So, so I um, I loved being able to have conversations with people. And I found that one-on-one coaching allowed people to um, feel comfortable, like disarmed. They, because when you're in a group setting, you don't want to be the person that raises your hand and says, here's the thing. I owe a lot of money to somebody and I don't know. I don't have any way of getting through this. Um, or here's the thing. I dated this guy and I let him borrow my credit card and we broke up, but I don't know how to handle that. And but when you're one on one, you're it's a safe space. I do my best to create a safe space. And so people will share that with me and not to say my clients have shared that and I put anybody's business out here. Don't do that. But I was able to create that environment. Um, uh, that safe space. And then as much as I love doing that, I realized it was not getting the results I wanted. And, and that's in a couple of ways. People loved having the sister girl chat, but they didn't always want to come prepared. So it's it's still work that has to get done. And they didn't always want to invest their time to get things done. So I would give like very basic assignments. They seem basic to me. They might not be that way to others. Um, But assignments of like, okay, we've looked at what your savings is. Um, This is what you can work with. So over the next week, like, let's just take a journal of what you're spending, or let's look at an approach of like, what are some of the things that you really enjoy and how we can turn that into a cash flow for you. Um, and they wanted to just join the call and have a good girl talk and we can go to brunch. Like you don't have to pay me to go to brunch. Um, we can have that conversation, but it wasn't getting the results I wanted. Also, it's a lot of time. So I started off doing one-on-one coaching. And if you go to my website, it's still there now, but now I push more towards doing group coaching and speaking engagements, um, because it allows me to reach more people and, do what I want to do, what I'm passionate about doing without having the limitation of, is this going to be received the right way? Is this person really going to commit to it? Um, also, it's a better use of my time. It's so my, and, and I guess this is almost a part two of like where I plan to take the, what I'm about to say, it's kind of the part two of the question where I plan to take this. So my services now it's one-on-one coaching, but very limited. Um, group coaching or like group speaking engagements where I I come into um, some organization and I deliver a speech on a topic. Um, As I am building this out, I am now switching it to continue the group coaching. um, And then kind of within this like five-year plan, I'm developing an online course so that people can just download whenever they're ready, have these topics. Um, And then building out So I also, again, adjunct professor, because that's a good side hustle, and um, editing, editing content. So there's articles out there that talk about personal finance and talk about financial policies and practices, and um, they need people who talk the talk, who are comfortable with editing. And Mm -hmm. as much as I'm really good at math, I also have a way with words. I really sound like I'm gassing myself up, but it's okay. You know, do, we it, can do that do today. It. Go ahead, uh, do it. Do it. 
do it to satisfy. That's all I heard in my head when you said that. Um, so taking up, taking on that, because that also allows me to kind of do it in my free time. As much as I travel now, I can take an article, download it before I get on the plane and like redline it, get through what I want, send it out. Assuming I don't fall asleep on the plane, um, listening to an audio book, because <laughs> I'll do that too. And then know that like, okay, I was in flight. This is the way that I was able to make money. And it helps me to just kind of keep relevant, keep my relevance uh, or stay relevant on topics, on legislation, on things like that. So like the services now, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, speaking engagements, the services that will be continuing the group coaching and speaking engagements, um, but adding in the professorship and editing. And whenever somebody's ready to go ahead and sponsor my YouTube series, I mean, the email is here, um, (laughs) content creator for hire, uh, but that's also part of that long-term plan. That's that's really dope. I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting that what was the what was the mental trigger to pivot was the fact that you weren't actually achieving what you wanted to. Like you had customers, you were clearly making money, but you actually weren't achieving your end goal. And so um, I think that that's awesome that you were able to just kind of reevaluate and say, you know what, this isn't how I want to spend my time. This actually isn't, you know, achieving what I want to achieve. And so you can kind of reshape that, remold that and you know, reaching out or touching more people, um, I think is more effective. So that's really cool. And yes, you did already answer kind of where your business is going. So, so perfect, perfect segue. Clairvoyant. Word <laughs> of the day is clairvoyant. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about um, content creation. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a business that I'm kind of trying to grow and I'm also trying to grow this podcast and creating the content can be hard but actually to me it's not actually the hard part for me personally creating the content's not hard because I have these fantastic interviews we can chop them up in a thousand different ways you you, you give you're going to give me a ton of quotes that I can post really it's the social media side of things in terms of consistently posting knowing how to get the right reach on social media, really trying to you know, use the right hashtags, the trends, like all of that stuff is another skill set. And so um, as a fellow content creator, how have you tackled that? Like, do you feel like you have it figured out? Um, is this just another one of your many skills that you have? Or have you had to uh, lean on other folks for it? Yeah. Um... Algorithms be algorithming. So, so I am to everyone listening, give yourself grace and space to know that you could create something phenomenal, something that will change the world. And it might get three likes. And that and in psychologically, we connect our self-worth to the likes we get on social media. And it is unhealthy, but it is hard to detach that mindset. So I, when, before I started my business, before I even left consulting, um, Facebook reached out to me and said, or I guess at the time it was, you know, Instagram was part of Facebook by then. Um, they reached out to me and said, you know, we want you to be a content creator. We see the things you post and we think that you would be good for fit for this. 
At the time, I said, absolutely not, because that's back when I thought I was going to be a partner at <laughs> consulting and partners are not supposed to have that kind of like it's one thing they, they should have a brand on LinkedIn, but not Instagram. So I said, no, thank you. And then I was like, man, I should have taken that money. When I could. <laughs> but, but I did it. Also, I would not have had time for it. I really wish I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Then when I joined um, Meta again at the time, Facebook, they teach you. It's just part of our culture. I actually um, one of my coworkers taught me how to you could sign up to take classes on all kinds of things. And he taught me how to um, build a social media presence. And it was really dope. Um, shout out to Kartik. He is so cool and so smart. And he's in Chicago. I'm in grad school. Hope you're doing well. So um, he taught me tips that helped. And then I also just realized you've got to outsource some things. So I hired a virtual assistant to do this for me. As much as I also love doing my own taxes, I mean, I really like it releases good endorphins for me to do my taxes. I really enjoy it. I Statement did not do my I own think, tech. I think you're probably the only person on earth that I would. I don't, my mom's an account, an accountant. I don't think she enjoys her own taxes. I love it. Like, like I'm like, it's taxes. Like once Christmas is over, I'm like, it's the most wonderful time of year. I'm a lady formed out. I'm about to get you some money. I get so geek. I started creating a game with myself that I will pour myself a glass of wine and like, have a good sip after each form. And so I would get the taxes done. And then the next morning when like there was no alcohol in me, I would go back and I'm like, ooh, was my analysis correct? I can do this inebriated. Like that's how good, I would love taxes. I was, I'm such a nerd. Please, please understand, that. please understand that that probably 25 seconds is going to be a real and I'm going <laughs> to make that a mean. It's tax season. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I, like the H&R Block commercials where there's there's this one, or uh, no, it wasn't H&R Block. It was the um, Jackson Hewitt, the one, the shady one. There was um, a picture of like a black guy that was like, um, this is how you do it. I think it was Monto Jordan and he was doing something and they did it in a slow-mo. And I was like, he is me and I am him. We, we, are, we are dancing in the tax office. So you have to understand as much as I love taxes and given all of what I just said, I could not do them last year for myself. I realized I did not have the capacity to do it. I had way too much going on with my businesses, um, with my investments, with the new job, with relocation. I was part of a class action lawsuit. Like I was like, all of this has to go in here and I do not have the energy to do it. So I outsourced, I found someone who did it um, and she's great. And in the same way, I realized I could do these things. I could make content, but it is not something that I always have time to do. So that's when I hired a virtual assistant um, and I'm intentional about hiring um, minorities. So mm-hmm. I was, that was like one of the things, like in some way you need to be an underrepresented minority. Um, and she's wonderful. She gives me ideas. She gives me a content calendar. Um, she keeps me on schedule. And then we also meet weekly. So even though she's doing more than just my social media, her main role is my social media she is teaching me the things that either I wanted to do, but just didn't have the time to learn, or she's keeping me relevant. And then she gives me the grace and space to accept that algorithms be algorithms. So I've posted content about um, the pay gap before and the pay, the wage gap being that um, women, or so your gender and your race, your ethnicity, 
um, determine how much you get paid. And on average, women, including white women, get paid 60 cents to like 68 cents of a white male. Um, then you can factor in like whether you're black, Indian, Asian, um, and, and black men fall in there too. And so I've posted content about that before. Might've got like 50 likes. It's a good day if I get 50 likes, right? And then I was part of a documentary called This Is America. Um, or no, it's called Dear America, Dear America. And I posted clips from the documentary where I said the exact same fact <laughs> that I've been saying. And it went viral in, in, in I want to say, like less than an hour. My assistant actually texted me and she was like, did you boost this post? Because sometimes I will boost a post. Yeah. And I was like, no. And I mean, again, knowing me, I was eating. So I was eating and I was taking a nap and I woke up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because again, wipe the slob off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did it go viral for the wrong reason? I'm like, what happened? I don't, am I am I canceled? And she she's like, no, it was wildly successful. Um, So in like an hour, it had over 10,000 views and 300 likes. And I said, yeah. wait a minute. That's more than I've gotten in the past three months put together. I don't know what's going on, but let's just let's just go with it. Let's, and so we had already planned to like post three more clips. And each one of those went well, and I got new followers and stuff. Yeah. And then the next week, I posted my, some more stuff, and people were like, no, we good. We over you, sis. And so, <laughs> and I thought, you know what? This is why, this is why I have a healthy self-awareness. This is why we go to therapy. This yep. is why we spend time with people in real life, so that we know the likes do not determine our self-worth. Because you better believe, as soon as those likes and views started going up, um, people that I had reached out to, to for partnerships, suddenly they found time to reach yeah. out to me, yeah. Um, which I thought, well, no, isn't that precious? And they were like, oh, can you plug our content? You know what? I maybe can, maybe. <laughs> um, that's We're going to see, we're going to see. But thank you for responding yeah. to the message that I sent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to be a content creator and it doesn't need to be hard. It's yeah. just key. I think the main thing is to be consistent and be authentic. If you are always putting something out there, people will, if, no, if nothing else, they will know to come to you for whatever that topic is. And if you're authentic, um, that will make a big difference in how people believe you. And when I say authentic, use your own voice. It really helps to use your face. I found whenever I do a video, and it's my face. Like it's one thing if I just say something or I just write something in text and it's on a screen. But for whatever reason, when I put my face on there, unfiltered, like today, no makeup, there's no blending going on here, people. I mean, my eyebrows had a little bit of work, but there's when they see that authenticity, they're like, oh, okay, the good sense is someone that I can like. She's a real human. She's not just a bot or something that's like just turning out drill. Yeah. And, and I think that there's, that's, that's a really good point. And I think that's really good advice, especially when you're in a field that is so personal, right? You're, you're, you're in something like some of the examples you mentioned, it can be very hard for someone to open up about where they're going through financially. It's a very personal thing. And so being able to kind of see who's giving you this advice, um, I think is powerful. I think I, I think that's a really good point. Honestly, one of the things that um, I talk to the, the folks that I work with on the podcast is just they, they say all the time, your face needs to be on the podcast more. Like you need to be, yeah. I, you know, but honestly, and you can relate to this, the consultants were not trying to have my face all over IG talking about 
entrepreneurship and in kind of the flexibility and freedom that comes with starting your own side hustle, your own thing, they were like, nah, you're about to be like, we want you to be a partner. So you need to button this thing up, but I need you to plug what we send you on LinkedIn. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I, I, I 100% kind of understand that. And that's, that's something that I'm going to try to put into practice just because, you know, we live in a world where there's just so much stuff online and there is that extra layer of connection and seeing who's giving you that advice that, that, that could make the difference. May I share one more piece of advice that sure, has motivated absolutely. me through this? If you ever lose motivation in this area and you think there's so many other people, how am I going to break through the noise? Go to a grocery store and look at the water aisle and there's in almost every grocery store an entire aisle dedicated to water and it's in different packages <laughs> it's flavored it's sparkling and it's just water and for those of you who do not know this from the geographic geography classes the water we are drinking today is the same water that Pocahontas and Abraham Lincoln were drinking there's never new water created um, although we should be taking better care of this environment because that's a bigger concern. I mean, not this environment, the world we're in, but water isn't something that's like created. It's just here and we keep recycling and repackaging. It rains, they take it to a factory, get some filtration through it or whatever. Every now and then they add some vitamins to you know, keep us healthy. And then it goes right back out to the shelf. Um, so the idea that something has been around since the beginning of time, but even this week, I saw some new packaged water. And I said, who? What? Why? Why? That doesn't even look like it's going to taste right. That is, but people find a way to, to put it out there. So figure out what your water package is. What makes your water unique? You got the juice, if you will, um, and put it out there. And know someone is thirsty for your water. And, and you're going to find the right person if you're consistent about and authentic about what your water is how it hydrates the masses that's that's an incredible analogy uh, honestly it, it is and i i hadn't thought about it that way um and i think that for an entrepreneur it's very easy to try to constantly compare yourself to quote-unquote competitors or other people's in, in your space and it's like well that person already is doing that, that person. But again, put your authentic touch to it. And the people that resonate with you or you resonate with them, they'll consume it much better than someone else. It's very similar to your viral story about content. Maybe that other post didn't really hit the soul of certain folks, but this documentary clip where you said the same thing, but maybe there was a little bit different audio or different graphic with it hit them the same way, hit, hit them a new way. So, so that's really good advice. Thank you. Um, okay, so we, we, we touched on this a little bit um, about like your services and where you're going, but I, I'm, I'm curious, paint the picture of your business in five years, but not just that of what your business looks like. I want to know what does Jay's day look like five years from now? Like whether you're still working, whether you got your, your, you're working on your business full time, describe your Tuesday for me in five years. 
Yes, my Tuesday in five years from now. So that will be 2027. Mm -hmm. um, I will be 40. <laughs> so I'll be celebrated, I'm sure, all year. Um, and my goal at that point, my Tuesday would be to wake up, still have time to pray and meditate um, and sit with my thoughts. That's what I call it, like sit with my thoughts. I get really good ideas in the morning, like the fresh perspective um, and work out because that also energizes me and helps me to stay focused. And then I would love to say that I could give you an hour by hour, but I will say in the eight hour block that I'm working, the eight to 10 hour block that I'm working, it is a split between spending time with my loved ones, um, my family, and, and that could just be as simple as a phone call, or mm -hmm. if it's like, oh, you all want to go to lunch? Um, and taking on opportunities to expand my business. Mm -hmm. It will be meeting with my team because at that point, I want to create more jobs for other people. So it's not just my assistant. She will still be around as long as she still wants the job because she's great at what she does. Um, but having other people on the squad and it's like, okay, we're going to have our morning call and divide and conquer the day. Um, it will be having my speaking engagements. Um, shout out to Good Morning America when they're ready to call me. Um, and talking of, so one of the, a few of the things that I want to do um, is write a book and having the quiet times write a book. Um, like I said, I'll have the online course up and running by then. And then be part of a series. Uh, so there's so many reality show versions that come out now um, where it's like, oh, you want to flip your home or you want to do whatever. I want to have a series like that on like flip your finances, if you will. Mm -hmm. And whether it's on YouTube, um, if Essence, if Tyler Perry, you know, BT, I want to holler at me. <laughs> um, I've, I've been told Oprah sold off part of own network, but I would still love to work with Oprah. Um, but in some way, having the opportunity to not only work on my book, but work on my series. And in all of that, being centered mentally, physically, emotionally, um, psychologically, spiritually. I think people, I, I, so when I listen to stories of people who say they're five years from now, they always kind of talk about material things. And then when you pay attention to what happens five years from then, you see the material things um, flourish, which is great, like the manifestations we mentioned. But I always kind of wonder, what are they sacrificing to get there? And that's something I learned from consulting. Like the grass is greener on the other side, but you don't know what their water bill is. You don't know what they're paying, what they're giving up to get that green grass. So for me, as much as I want my business to expand and grow, and as much as I know it will, there is no part of that plan that gives up and sacrifices my values and my health and staying centered um, and well, because there's no amount of money that's going to bring that back to what I need. Um, so I think that's also part of the reason why as much as towards the end, I wasn't in love with what was going on in consulting. I can appreciate it for the lesson I learned in that these are things that I can't sacrifice anymore, um, no matter how much it might seem like it's worth it in the moment. So that is where I'll be. I will have the morning to myself as much as I can. I guess it's not completely to myself um, to kind of do the things that, that I need to do and that I want to do every morning. And then it's a combination of spending time with loved ones and building out my business, um, the book deal, the broadcast series. Um, maybe grading a few papers for my, <laughs> my, my professorship um, and spending time 
in the evening as well, wrapping up things with work, but also just wrapping up and like truly is this in the 90s, like wrapping with with, with my uh loved ones. Eating well, food too, if you didn't know that was oh, still yeah. gonna be well, I, mean, I knew that, that I knew that, that had to be a part of it. Like exactly. <laughs> I will splurge on getting someone to clean my house. I will also splurge on like having someone cook a few meals. Um every now and then as much as I like to cook, like teach me a new recipe. What'd you say you could do with okra? Oh, let me see. Like Let's see what that works out like. Let's go for it. I love that. I love that. All right. So so we'll wrap up with kind of a couple quick hitters, but take your time. Feel free to, you know, elaborate as much as you want. Um, So you mentioned reading. What are a couple books that you'd recommend to other entrepreneurs? Yes. Yes, yes. I like this question. Um, so Rise and Grind by Damon John, he's the guy, depending on what generation you are, you either know him as the FUBU guy, um, or Shark Tank, like you, it, it, or both. Um, he, he's a cool person. I haven't met him in person, but I've seen him speak before. Um, and his authenticity shines through. Uh, so Rise and Grind, it's, it's good for motivation. Um, Crazy Faith by Michael Todd. So that's a story of a guy who became a pastor and didn't seem like he like should be um, based on what people say pastor should be. Uh, but it teaches you like how to keep motivated, how to have faith when things just don't always seem to be working out. Um, and then We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Uh, and that kind of touches more so on the personal finance and it's more so for women but it empowers them on like whether you want to stay in the workforce or whether you want to start start your side hustle, know what you need to do and go for it. Actually, one more. And don't judge me for this because I feel like somebody's going to be in the comments like, girl, what'd you say? So Steve Harvey has a book out. Y'all don't judge me. I know. I know Steve Harvey with the big mustache and like the Duke suits and the stand up comic. But he out, he is out here with multiple streams of income. He figured out how to do Family Feud and his morning show and everything. So Steve Harvey has a book called Jump. I believe that's what it is, jump. And it's all about like, just go out there and try it. And again, the thing that I find entrepreneurs struggle with sometimes is just getting out there and doing something. Uh, So I think that's a good book to like, push you out of the nest, the bird's nest, if you will, and like fly. I like it. I like it. Those are all good books. Um, We gotta gotta use these audible credits. So I'm gonna have to- Look, listen. I'm like finishing 20. up Gabby, uh, Gabrielle Union's auto, her second book. Um, we're we're gonna need something stronger, but I already have my next book on deck. I'm like, do I need to hurry up and finish this one? It's a good so book. It's, it's, so it's funny because I I, I um, bought used credits on whatever both of Gabrielle Union's books, but I haven't started them. So, but I need to I need to get to it because I've heard incredible things about them. Yeah. I was sleeping on her. I just was like, well, she's typecast, whatever. And I'm part of a book club. And we chose that for our book. And I said, oh my gosh, I have learned so much from this woman. And she is such an inspiration. And she seems so cool. And I want to be her friend in real life. <laughs> because this book, like, we are we relatable or not? Um, I think we are. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good read. Shout out to Gabrielle Yu. <laughs> yes, yes, D-Wade. Um, um... What's the question that I should ask my next guest? Yes. And a question you can ask of anyone when you're trying to learn about them. Mm-hmm. What would you tell your younger self? Okay. 
What would you now tell do I your answer younger that? self? <laughs> I was like, eh, should I be prepared to answer that? Um, I really wish I had a time machine to tell myself to believe in myself, in my voice. I quieted myself. I had good ideas so many junctures in my life and there were times when I knew people were taking advantage of me and I wouldn't speak up because I did not have that confidence um and so now I embrace the fact like I can be my own thinker and I can speak up for myself and I can know boundaries and um I would tell myself like go for it girl it's okay like you might not have it all figured out. Someone might not always be in your corner. And it's people that you think like your own family members or friends, but believe in yourself and go with what you have. I really would tell myself to stop the doubting, the self-doubting. That's awesome. No, that's really good advice. Um, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what type of entrepreneur, if you were listening to the Be Helpful podcast, what type of entrepreneur would you be most interested in hearing their story? Someone who can be candid about failure. Someone who doesn't try to paint a pretty picture of like, I always had it together. And I don't know if that came across in this message. I did not always have it together, um, but I try. And I like seeing that it humanizes this journey it makes it more relatable and getting back to that whole point of being authentic. Um, it's easier to buy into a story when I can see this person's normal like me. They didn't have it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, there's an episode in season one, Malik Patel. Um, he's actually a former entrepreneur. His business, mm -hmm. they, 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 I think, joined Y Combinator and all that stuff. And they inevitably had to dissolve the business. But I think he had a very fascinating and interesting perspective on just what the experience of being an entrepreneur did for him. Um, and I, I loved it. I think it's a really interesting conversation. So you're right, like, sometimes just the candid, like, honest reality of like, this is why our business didn't work out. Um, it's not an embarrassment. It's just like a oh no that's really cool because you wouldn't have gotten that experience in any other way um, and and it's you know helpful for other entrepreneurs to hear so I'm, i'll definitely keep looking out for folks like that jay this was incredible thank you so much likewise i enjoyed this um i i um yeah i think i think you dropped so many gems um i had the pleasure of being on your podcast um yes which was incredible coming, soon. coming out soon um I think it's the first, oh yeah, it was the first interview that um, I and, and, and Les, like one of my co-founders um, had done on Yensel. So um, yeah, no, this is awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, not only seeing your business grow, um, but also kind of just as peers trying to figure this crazy yeah. entrepreneur thing out, helping each other and kind of growing together. So um, anything I can do to help your journey, please let me know. You're you're making this a real right proper exit. Uh, I was like, don't roll out with a good joke, but you're like, no, let's have a, you know, kumbaya moment. And I'm like, all right. Nah, nah, you hit me, hit me with the joke, do it. I do don't it. have one. See, that's the thing about being funny. It's not on demand. I'm not Uber. You can't just like open your phone and say, I want a joke. And like, it's, that's not how I operate. I'm more of the like comments on life joke kind of thing. Um, but 
Yeah, this is great. And, and I, I agree. I look forward to being able to support you um, and see the way you and your family, like the way you all blow up um, and what success looks like for you, always being able to define your own version of success um, and knowing your own, not see, now I'm being introspective um, <laughs> and knowing your worth. Um, and I really do appreciate being here. Like this was a good way to spend my day. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Connect with us on Instagram at behelpful underscore. Lastly, if you want to be helpful and share your own entrepreneurial story, please email us at behelpfulpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.